as I was sitting there, I was thinking about this fact, how that every one of us in this auditorium uh, were God's creatures. Every one of us are God's creatures. And it's my prayer, my ardent uh, prayer, is that the Lord would be pleased to teach us uh, that we are his children. <laughs> um, we read in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 16, it, it declares there that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are his children. And he does that through the preaching of the gospel. You know, our brother uh, just uh, led us in worship. We're singing where two or three are gathered together in my name. Um, the word of God records the angel came from the very throne of God to visit Joseph, this young man who had uh, a betrothed, his fiancée. They hadn't consummated the marriage. He didn't know her intimately as his wife as yet. But she's pregnant, and he's troubled with this. How can it be that my virgin fiancé is with child? How can this be? And in this moment of certainly would be a crisis, you know, he started thinking, was, was, I know Mary. There's, there's no way this could have happened. And the angel came to Joseph in a dream and said to Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary for your wife, for what's conceived in her womb is conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, this song where two or three are gathered together in my name, we need to define that name. <laughs> it's got such a good definition. The angel said, call him um, Jesus, which is um, the anglicized version of Joshua. And if you look at the meaning of Joshua, it means Jehovah saved, salvations of the Lord. He's the author and finisher of our faith, the author and finisher of salvation. And where two or three people are gathered in this community, in this local church, or if there's another local church. I mean, I, I don't know of any other local churches in this immediate area that preach the gospel, that preach the truth. But hear the good news. Call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He isn't trying to make a, an attempt at it. <laughs> He's a sovereign, successful Savior. And I love it that we have his sure promise. And it's, uh, it's always... Uh, Interesting the way uh, the song, uh, the worship leader will pick a song and we haven't talked. And uh, we're going to look at some verses that, that pertain to this um, promise of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he's uh, faithful to never leave us or forsake us. Um, for you that are visiting us this morning, we've been going through a study uh, looking at each letter of the alphabet and taking a look at how each one of those letters describe our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. Uh, we've been looking at uh, A, and I'll just try and do a quick summary of what we looked at so far. Uh, it won't be as long as it normally is. I've written down a few of them just so we can quickly go through them. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is our advocate. Uh, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When a man sinneth. Indeed, when we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. There's, there's no name given among men by which we must be saved. And that's, that's a wonderful uh, description of our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. He's our advocate. He's also the beloved, the beloved Son of God. The Lord Jesus Christ is described by our Heavenly Father as 
his son. And he says in a cloud, this is uh, Matthew 3, verse 17. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then he adds this wonderful thing. Hear ye him. <laughs> I don't want you to listen to me. I I'm not a master. There's only one master, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to hear him. I beg that you hear him. He's the captain. He's the captain of our salvation. It says that in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. Um, so many good portions of God's word in Hebrews. Not only is he described as the captain of our salvation, but the author of eternal life unto them that obey him. He's the author and finisher of that faith that he gives to his people as the gift of God. He's also our deliverer. Don't you love that picture of, of the Lord Jesus Christ as being our deliverer? Paul, he said, Oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, miserable man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And in the very next verse there in Romans 7, verse 25, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> he said, I thank God for my deliverer, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the very next chapter, he writes there, There is therefore now no condemnation, no wrath, no hell <laughs> to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Um, this is one of my favorite uh, descriptions of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, He's our expected end. Because we're trusting in Him who shall not fail. We're, we're looking to His blood for all our pardon, not just for some of our sins, all of them. Past sins, present sins, and future sins. We don't want to sin. No believer does. We hate our sin. Nevertheless, he saves us to the uttermost. We're, we're pardoned fully and completely by his blood. And not only do we need the merits of his blood, we need the merits of his body. The law of God demands not only payment for our sin, but perfection. Well, guess what? I can't perform that. But he did. He did that for us, beloved. So that the, the Apostle Paul writes ever so blessedly. This is Galatians 5, verse 1. He says, Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free, and be not entangled again in, in, in the law. Or whatever notion some, some hypocrite's trying to, going to give you to stop doing this and then start doing that to be saved. No. Look and live to the Son of God. Look to His blood for your pardon and give up. Surrender. Stop trying to turn over a new new leaf. <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who performs all things for us. All things. There are men here who are married. God demands perfection as a husband. And you and I don't got it. But he does. <laughs> He's the perfect husband for his bride. And there are some men here who are dads. God demands perfection as a dad. And we don't got it. But but the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the perfect father. And we can go on and on through that. And it gives us great liberty and comfort to know that he's done all things for us. All things. There's grandparents here. Granddads. <laughs> and just know this, that the Lord Jesus Christ, he's faithful. And he shall never fail, or nor forsake, nor leave his people. Um, so... The expected end that's described in Jeremiah 29, verse 11. If you're looking to him for all your salvation, you shall be saved. Expected end. <laughs> not maybe, not want to be. You shall be saved. And then uh, the letter F, 
uh, what a wonderful uh, description of him in Revelation 19, begin, beginning, beginning there in, in verse 11. He's faithful. He's faithful. What does that mean? Well, the psalmist just defines it this way. Whatsoever he doeth prospers. Uh, Isaiah describes it this way. He shall not fail. And in Revelation 19, it says there, beginning in verse 11. I'll just read this little portion here. We'll be looking at the book of Revelation for the main service in a bit. But it says there in verse 11, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. He's the Word made flesh. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Verse 14. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. He's faithful, beloved. Uh, he's also described as the great shepherd. The great shepherd. If you look in Revelation, sorry, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. We read there in verse 5. And this is what made me think of what we sang. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am. We have his promise on it. It says there in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says there, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. There's one thing needful, beloved. One thing needful. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God has not life. And then it says there in verse 20, and this is a, a beautiful description of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the great shepherd. How great is he? All that the Father gave him to save, he won't lose one. Of all the people on this earth that the Father gave him in covenant agreement to save from their sins, he shall in covenant engagement save them all. Now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. He's also described in the book uh, of Luke, the, the gospel of Luke there at the beginning, as the horn of salvation. And that word horn is the idea of power. He is the power of salvation. And if you look there in Luke chapter 1, it says there, verse. I'll begin reading there in verse 68. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for He hath visited and redeemed His people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David. 
He's the horn of salvation. He's also our intercessor, beloved. We read in Romans chapter 8, there in the 34th verse, Romans 8, verse 34, it, says, it asks this question, who is, he that, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. He ever liveth, beloved. He is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high, and he stands there ever living as our intercessor. He's also the judge of the quickened and the dead. That's Acts 10, verses 42 and 43. He's the key of knowledge. Do you remember that when he was before those Pharisees and he, uh, he rebuked them? He said, Woe to you lawyers, for you've taken away the key of knowledge. What did they take away? They took away the message of this book, this whole book. The one theme from Genesis to Revelation is Christ. And he said, Woe to you lawyers, you've taken away the key. What does that sound like? Well, it's uh, much the same uh, group of, of Pharisees that he spoke to also in John chapter 5, verse 39. He said to them, You've not heard God's voice nor seen his shape, and you don't have God's word abiding in you. You search the scriptures because in the scriptures you think you have everlasting life, but these are they which testify of me, and you won't come to me that you might have life. So what does that sort of preaching sound like? Well, it's a man who comes behind the pulpit and he's got his little sermonette and he's going to teach you how to have a, uh, be a better employee. Here's five key takeaways on how to be a better uh, neighbor, be a better husband, be a better wife. And they take away the key of knowledge. They don't preach who Jesus Christ is. He is God's Son. He is God manifest in the flesh. They don't teach and preach what He did on the cross of Calvary. When He shed His precious blood on the cross of Calvary, what did He say? He said, I did not come into this world to be ministered to or to be served. Rather, I came into this world to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. It's so good to know that the Lord Jesus Christ gave His life a ransom for all men. All men without distinction but not all men without exception. He has a people in this world, and in time, those that the Father sanctified, the Lord Jesus Christ has saved, is saving, and shall save. And the Holy Spirit will seal them. The Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you are His child. And you might go, well, how can I know that? <laughs> if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, when you hear Him speak and you hear Him say, it's like that, that woman who had a, a daughter who was ill, uh, grievously vexed with, with illness. And the disciples said, could you just get rid of this woman? She's, she's bothering us. And uh, the Lord Jesus Christ told her plainly, I've not come but for the lost sheep of Israel. And she said this remarkable answer back to the Lord. She heard about election. She heard about how God had chosen a people to save. And he said this to her, it's not fit to give what is for the lost sheep of Israel to dogs. You know what she said? Truth, Lord. I'm a dog. It's true. But even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. Hmm. 
those men who preach without the key of knowledge or those men who do not preach Christ. The key of knowledge, the key to this whole book is Christ. If you, if you read this book without a key, without, with, without it in view that this is about Christ, um, you know, what, what does the Lord say? Woe. Woe unto you. I'll just give you a little example so you might know what I'm trying to say to you. Look, look what it says in Psalm, uh, Psalm 1. Psalm 1. In false religion, they'll make this book a book that's uh, a rule book, you know, basic information before leaving earth. And they'll make it a book that's talking about you rather than about him. It's a hymn book. H I M. <laughs> hymn book. Look what it says in verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's not talking about you, my friend. That's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> and what a comforting thing to read there. That as our mediator, as our advocate, as our savior, as our redeemer, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And then lastly, I'm just going through A to L, and then we'll spend the last little bit on the letter M. But he is the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God. That's what John the Baptist said. He said, Behold the Lamb of God. And he said that in verse 29 of John chapter 1. And then in verse 36, he repeats the same message. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. Does that mean that he died for every single person everywhere? No. We're going to look at this in the main service. In Revelation 5, verse 9, it says, Out of every tribe, out of every people, out of every nation. There's, there's a people that he's chosen. And uh, the natural man hates that. But that's the, that's the Lord's glory. Uh, Moses asked Jehovah God, Show me your glory. And he said, This is my glory. I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. Well, preacher, you're, you're scaring me. How can I know if I'm, I'm one of the chosen? How can I know if I'm one of the elect? Well, listen to what Paul wrote to young Timothy. He, he, he said it very clearly and very plainly for whom he died. He said to young Timothy in his, in his uh, first letter to him, he said, Dear Timothy, beloved Timothy, uh, a, a faithful saying, a, a true saying, it's certain, a certain saying, a faithful saying, a true saying, worthy of all acceptation, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Can you put your name there? <laughs> can, you, can you put your name there? Christ Jesus came into the world to save Joseph. <laughs> well, how is it, preacher, you can put your name there? Because that's all I am, a sinner. And he's a great Savior. And he saves sinners. Not almost, to the uttermost. That's why if you find yourself hanging around believers, not Pharisees, not self-righteous 
religious people. I hope you can hear that they're glad. <laughs> I'm not saying we don't get depressed and we don't want, things don't happen to us that doesn't make us sad, but we have joy unspeakable to tell our neighbors, our friends, our loved ones, our families. And, and, and what is the joy unspeakable? It's done. All my salvation is done. All my salvation, it is finished. Won't you just quit trying to turn over a new leaf? Won't you quit, quit trying to curry God's favor by stop doing something and doing something else? It's done. It's finished. It says in Proverbs chapter 20, if memory serves, it says there, Proverbs 20, verse 22 it says, Say not thou, I will recompense evil. You, you're not going to put things right between you and God. It ain't going to happen. Christ did that for us. Christ, His Son, did that for us. Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and He shall try to save you. <laughs> Is that what it says? No. He shall save thee. So when, and I don't mean any, uh, any, um, I don't mean to be, uh, what would be the word? Graphic. But if there's a brother in this world and he's driving down a highway somewhere and a big piece of rebar flies off the the, the 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 vehicle and and it just smashes through his windshield and he's bleeding out he's going to die what's happening to that brother when he's given grace sufficient for everything grace sufficient for dying because we need his dying grace do we not this is what's happening to that brother and it happens to us even now we rejoice in this this is in first john chapter 4 Verse 17, it says there, I'll begin reading in verse 15. First John 4, verse 15. Whosoever, I think, I, I'm, I'm, I trust we have a few whosoever's here this morning. <laughs> whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believe the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Boldness in that moment of death that will surely come to all of us. How is it that we can have boldness? How is it that we can have confidence? When the believer dies, when that appointed time comes, how is it that they can have boldness before the thrice holy God? How is that possible? Because as the Lord Jesus Christ is, well, how is he right now? He's seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. He's without sin. He's accepted of the Father. And through our union with him, beloved, us being made one vitally joined to him, that is how we are in this world. Although no one can see it, that is just so. As the Son is, so is His body. So is His body. Now, just quickly, 
Uh, I've been looking at uh, the letter M as uh, I've had time to look at it this week. And there's a couple of things that the Word of God describes as the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's a wonderful title, title uh, um, The Man. The Man. The Lord Jesus Christ is brought out, and I believe Pilate says, The Man. <laughs> Not just a man. We're talking about the God Man, the Promised Man. I mean, what an appropriate title for the Lord Jesus Christ, that He is the Man. The man. And that makes us think about what's written also about another description of the man. It says, this man. <laughs> Look at what it says in Hebrews. You know, the, the writer of Hebrews, the apostle, I believe it was the apostle Paul writing there. And he's describing the contrast between the priesthood of Aaron, all these men who never got the job done. But he says, this man, look what it says in Hebrews 10, verse 12. But this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice, not thousands upon thousands upon thousands and millions of sacrifices, you know, the bulls and the calves, all those pointed to the once for all sacrifice of Christ. And this man, verse 12, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforward expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering, verse 14, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Them that are sanctified. Well, how were they sanctified? Well, when you have some time, you can write this down. But just look at the the... The book before Revelation, Jude, it says there, it's a, it's a beautiful outline. It describes how any of us are saved. Uh, we're sanctified by the Father, and I believe it says preserved by the Son. And, well, let me read it. <laughs> Jude, I wasn't sure if we were going to look at this this morning or what we're doing now, but it says here, them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. It's a, a holy, irresistible call. It's so good. So we've looked at there the man, this man, how through his once for all sacrifice, he's perfected, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. What does perfect mean? It means just that. It means lacking nothing. It means complete. It means accepted through the doing and dying of Christ. Christ is a perfect man. He's a perfect Savior. He's a perfect Redeemer. He's a perfect whatever you want to think of. <laughs> He's perfect. He's perfect. And this is why the Father says in a cloud from above, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Hear Joseph? No. Hear the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm pointing you to him. I'm not pointing you. I'm not here to raise up a, a denominational flag <laughs> and wave it and say, you want, I want you to be a Baptist or, or whatever it is that people are talking about nowadays. By God's grace, I, I beg you, be reconciled to God. Hear him. He has spoken. He has spoken. 
And this is what's so wonderful about God's Word, that all these words are words of promise to those who despair and words of warning to those who presume. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of the Father's glory and the express image of the Father's person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins. What does that mean? They're put away. Uh, the psalmist writes, as far as the east is from the west. And in this book of Hebrews, God knows our frame, that we're weak, we're, we're fragile, we're filled with, with doubts, that, that we can wake up one morning and think, is it, is it true? Can it be? And the Lord God records not in, in Hebrews 8 verse 12, it says there, your sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Did you forget about it? He's going to tell us again in, in, in Hebrews ten seventeen. Your sins and iniquities will I remember no more. How come? Because he by himself purged our sins. And it says there, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Because he got the job done. It's finished. It's finished. So that's just the letter M there. And um, I want you to look at the next uh, letter or word I have here, merciful. Beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ is merciful. Look what it says in Hebrews 2, verse 17. It says here, Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. He took upon himself flesh of our flesh and bone of our bone. He's a real man that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor or to help them that are tempted. And then in uh, Hebrews 8, I, I, I made reference to this. Let me read it to you. Hebrews 8, verse 12. It says there, for I will be merciful. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. So he's, he's merciful. He's also mighty. He's mighty. Look what it says in Isaiah. Well, I'll just, I'll just uh, make the references and you can make your notes. We're coming up here. It's going a little bit too long. More, more time than I had anticipated taking to use this morning. But it, he's mighty. He's mighty. What does that make you think of? Well, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says there, describing his humanity, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and we shall call his name Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God. That's right. The Lord Jesus Christ is the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's mighty. He's also the Messiah. You remember in uh, John chapter 1, just before uh, Philip uh, came running to Nathaniel and saying, we have found him, the one whom Moses and the prophets all give testimony of Jesus of Nazareth. Just before that, 
one of the other disciples said, we have found, uh, uh, we have found the Messiah. Or in the King James, it says, we have found the Messiah. And also the woman at the well. <laughs> Do you remember the woman at the well? The Lord Jesus Christ, Christ said, I must needs go through Samaria. And there he's going to save another one of his sheep on purpose. That woman by the well. And she said this, these remarkable words to the Lord Jesus Christ. She said, I know when the Messiah comes, he'll tell us all things. And what a tender moment. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is before this woman. And he said, uh, I who speak to you am, am he. <laughs> look, look what it's, I want to read that part to you. It's uh, John chapter 4. The Messiah, the Savior. A, a great portion, if you have some time later, read that portion. What a, what a tender moment of time. Hebrews, or rather John chapter 4, I'll begin reading in verse 25. The woman saith unto the Lord Jesus Christ, I know that Messiah cometh. I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. He is the Messiah. He's also the Master, beloved. Look what it says in John 15. John chapter 15. And verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Now that's John fifteen twenty six. Now I mention that because of what our Lord says in Matthew twenty three. He says to the disciples, uh, "You're not to be called master." Now why does he say that? Well, there are some men who like to think that they are master. They try and get a, a following for themselves. They try and have people to do and act and say what they say. But God's sent men, God's sent ministers, they're pointing to the Master, <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Master. We are preaching His teaching here. And with all due respect to Calvin, uh, it's not Calvin's doctrine. Calvin is not the Master. Who is the Master? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in Matthew 23, in verse 10, It says there, Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, Christ. Christ. He is your master. So good to know. And then he's our mediator. It says that in First Timothy. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, our mediator. And in First Timothy 2, verse 5, it says, For there is one God... And one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And then lastly, and I'll conclude with this, he is the morning star. The morning star. Remember, he said, I'm the light of the world. Maybe for the main service, uh, there's that, that hymn we sang, The Light of That World, that changes it. Do you remember the name of that hymn? Okay, 
be good to sing that. But in Revelation 2, in verse 28, it says, And I will give him the morning star. The morning star. And then in Revelation 21, we have a picture, a glimpse of the celestial city, how there's no sun there, there's no moon there. There's just one light there. And what is that light? It tells us about that celestial city above. It says there in 23, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. In John chapter 12 and and verse 46, it says in John 12, verse 46, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Amen.